0: Standing next thing, your And to me, there's nothing more important. Not going to be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's going to be a hell of a ride.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Meet Us at Molly's. As always, I am one of your hosts. My name is Gina. I am joined by Bryna
0: hello everybody
1: and ashley hi and tonight we've got a guest host we are so excited to be joined by christina christina how are you good how are you guys good good we're so excited to have you on so tonight we are going to be talking about chicago pd season five episode seven as oh yeah and i was about to say i couldn't remember the title but it's in the outline so the the episode was called care Under Fire." So before we get into the nitty-gritty of the episode, we're going to cover the news. So the first bit of news we had, again, this is just more stuff coming out of One Chicago Day. There was a local news article, or not article, but video that was catching up with the ladies behind the scenes of Chicago Fire. And it was basically just an interview with Miranda and Cara, and yeah. yeah. That was literally,
0: yeah, that was literally it. I think the title is almost misleading because... It was like a minute of this interview and then like four minutes of them of the anchor doing like one of the demonstrations at um, One Chicago Day. So it's kind of misleading, but still, I mean, a fun video to watch nonetheless.
1: Right, right. So that was a quick one. Uh, We also got a video right out of Montreal, actually. Apparently Marlon Barrett, who plays Maggie on Chicago Med she returned to montreal i think for some charity work if i remember correctly now i i admittedly did not get to see this video but i
0: was actually just in montreal i had no clue is she from there i don't know i meant to look it up after i watched it but i don't remember interesting
1: interesting yeah i'll have to look into that so that was great we also got an article from the christian post this is an interesting outlet and not somewhere you expect to get your chicago
0: fire news from but but I think they took it from Matt Carter. I think it was just we happened to read it on the yeah. Christian Post. It wasn't originally, like, their scoop.
2: Yeah, they tend to recycle and pull from a lot of different sites. Um, it's kind of a fun g- guessing game of where they got their information sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. right, right. So the article basically just said that, you know, Sylvie is going to be Antonio's rock in the middle of this family crisis. And... The article just kind of hints that Ramon might be in worse shape than we thought. So the article says, you know, there's something about that Gabby and Antonio are waiting for their parent to wake up. And then it hints at a reconciliation coming between Ramon and Antonio. So I wonder if Ramon's in worse shape than we think. So, you know, it's got to be if he's going to be around for two episodes and Brett's going to be there for him. So,
0: right. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't want to think the worst, but maybe he dies. Who knows? (laughs) Brina, <laughs> <laughs> just some you know horrible thoughts to start off your Monday, you know.
1: Oh my God! Yeah, well, he would be the
2: first uh, family member to come on a Chicago show and then pass away.
1: Uh, he would, true. wouldn't he? No. Yeah.
2: Oh,
1: well, no, Platt's father. But yeah. You,
2: well, you have Platt's father, Justin Voy. Oh, Lexi poor Walensky, like, uh. <laughs> Going down.
1: I don't like this conversation anymore. <laughs> uh, so sad. Yeah, so uh, another article we got. We got a couple of Matt Carter interviews this week. He was pretty busy. Um, and basically, Colin Donald just sets up some of the big medical cases that we'll have this season. And he mentions two surgeries that are coming up. You know, one is a surgery in the field. And then the other one is with a quote-unquote amazing guest star. But he can't say who. I don't recall hearing anything about guest stars coming into med, so who do we think this might be?
0: I have no idea. And I he was also kind of talking about how like one of them is like a strange medical case. So I wonder if that's one of the ones that Jeff was hinting at that they recycled maybe for Royal Pains, because he was talking about in his interview with us that he couldn't tell us his kind of most unusual medical one because it was something they were gonna recycle for this season. So I wanna I wonder if one of those is Something we've seen on Royal Pains that he was talking about, so it'll be interesting to see.
1: That yeah, that will be interesting. Another one from Matt Carter was the age-old question of will Voight learn about the mole. This makes me so nervous, and I hate talking about it. And it basically is just an article that it just sounds like our discussion at the end of every episode when we're like, is Ruzick the mole? it just kind of breaks everything down and the implications of what could happen. But it does also mention that Monica will be back as Anna, Anna Valdez. So that will be good to see.
0: I just think they're hyping this storyline up so much on social media. It's like every day, whether it's the Twitter account or the Instagram account, they like,
2: posted something today too on Instagram. about. Yeah. Like PD really?
0: is hyping up this storyline about Ruzik being a rat. It just, it's somewhat annoying almost. It's like, cause it's, literally every day i'm just like stop yeah it's not good
1: christina what are your thoughts on this
0: storyline
2: so kind of on the social media point i actually muted the social media accounts for a while because <laughs> i got tired of this being pushed so much
0: yeah. um, i was like tell
2: me about somebody else um i definitely am really curious to see them all i think we'll get into it a bit more in the episode um but with ruzik and his reaction to seeing pictures of you know the unit and like how he feels very conflicted about what he's doing um I really like how that's been being played out
1: too right it just makes me nervous is Voight gonna kick his ass is Voight gonna be like why didn't you come to me it's just it's it's scary probably a mixture of all of it
2: yeah I was gonna say we kind of need that conflict right like we haven't seen Voight really conflict with his team in a while
1: true true that's true so the other articles that we got, and these were all relevant to, you know, this week's episode, and there were, there were there was a lot of talk about Dark Halstead in the days leading up to Wednesday's episode, and so there were two articles that dropped. There was a Hollywood Reporter article and an Us Weekly interview, and both of those were with Jesse, and I mean, they're full of information. Again, we're going to post the links to these on our Twitter page, but... One thing worth noting is that, you know, he mentions that the Jay and Camilla relationship is a lie, which it definitely is because Jay hasn't even told her his real name. And there was something really telling in the Us Weekly interview where Jesse flat out said, yes, Jay is over Aaron. And that created a little controversy. I don't know. What are y'all's thoughts here?
2: I don't think he's over Aaron. Well, that's just my opinion, but I don't
0: know. Yeah, I just... I don't... Yeah, I don't... I don't know how I feel about it, because I think maybe the way he's coming off is he thinks he is, but I don't think maybe at his core he actually is. I think he's trying to be, because I think at this point maybe he knows she's not coming back, but I don't think for a relationship that was as deep as that was I don't think you could even though it's been like six months supposedly since that's the time jump that's where we are and this has been like six months that she left that you just you don't get over someone like that and so I don't think I think he's trying to be but I don't think he actually is but I also don't know what what is Jesse supposed to say like yes or yes he still has feelings for this character that's supposedly never coming back like I don't know what he what, what else he was supposed to say there also, in one of these interviews, didn't he say that Jay got closure
1: or something? I think he did. Like, I don't get that either. Yeah, like...
2: he, he explicitly said that us seeing Jay go into the empty apartment was where Jay got closure. But I felt like taking the photo kind of was a nod that maybe he hadn't really gotten the closure. Like, I don't know if I'd want to keep holding on to photographs of somebody who essentially ghosted me.
0: Right, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is I think he's try, like I think he wants to put on the front that he is over her, like whether it's to Voight and to the rest of the unit because he doesn't want to be seen as someone who's kind of just sits around and sulks. But like, it's hard. Like you can't just get over someone that fast. Yeah, and I
2: think also like if we had been shown this evolution, I might have believed it more. But you know, like they they broke them up, uh, and then a couple episodes later, you know, you have Jay saying well, we can live across the street and be married for one another for 42 years, and we may not have the conventional relationship, but it's fine. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, maybe they're not going to be, you know, picture-perfect together, like the visual family that I think a lot of people want to have, but they may still work, and then a couple episodes later, she's packed up and left him, and he wants to propose. So I just feel like where his feelings are are just very, very muddled, and we haven't really seen those play out on screen.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And I think the other thing that I thought was most interesting from the Hollywood Reporter article was when they were talking about – he was asked the question of whether, like, Halstead dealing with his PTSD and other issues was going to be reflected in future episodes. And J.C. says, oh, you know, I don't know how much more we're going to touch on the PTSD. And then he talks about how what we're going to see is Jay being lost. And I just – it's, you know, Jay being lost is tied to his PTSD. It's not like the two are mutually exclusive. So that was something I thought was interesting, too. It was just, like, that wording that... And I understand what his point was. was the point was maybe it's not... We're not going to directly see it as a result of, like... We're not going to learn about his time in the army in that specific instances, but everything that he's going through in these episodes of him being lost is going to ultimately come from his... um, What happened to him in the army. So I just thought that was interesting, too. yeah. A
1: lot of a lot of interesting points to talk about here, and I think if he if he is over Aaron, he's just saying it to himself. He's not actually over her. He's just saying it to himself so that he can move on. Yeah, for sure. So, goodness. So yeah, as we said before, we're covering Chicago PD season five, episode seven. This is called Care Under Fire, and we asked Christina to join us because if you haven't seen our tweets. Christina is the creator of a Tumblr thread called Tell Me More About Jay Halstead's Past. If you have not seen it yet, you need to see it because it's fantastic. Um it's a bunch of gift sets, but the the best part of this is in the hashtags. So, Christina, I'm curious, where did the inspiration for this thread come from?
2: So originally I was kind of writing um more lengthy analysis so like the hashtags were actually in posts but i realized that there weren't gifts that i could really link to and say you know like did you catch this particular hand twitch he has or this way he looked at mouse or this even this scene like not all the scenes with jay in them are being gifted i think it would take people a long time if they were (laughs) um but i i wanted to have those visual examples because a lot of what i was reacting to was more um, jay's body language yeah in particular scenes and so I had kind of started to learn how to gif, um, but I had no idea how to add text to them. Um, so for a while, I was like, can I just gif it without the, adding the text? And then I was like, well, no, you need to have the dialogue. This idea I had percolating where I felt like my, I, what I was trying to get across to people wasn't coming across and I didn't have the visuals. And so I set out to learn and then I was like, all right, I'm going to make an entire you know, thread about this. Um, and I started out with the first gift set and I said, you know, one out of infinity because I honestly didn't know how many I would make. Um, and then just the other day I finished number 66.
0: Oh, my goodness. That's incredible.
2: Yeah, it's, it's been going on for a while.
0: Do you remember, like, was it something you just started, like, last year? Or was it something that's been going on since PD started? Like, how many years have you been doing it?
2: It hasn't, it didn't come on when PD started. Um, I actually was two years late to the PD bandwagon. Okay. I, I started Chicago Fire, and then, you know, the way the characters were introduced through that way, I was like, okay, I'll give PD a shot. Right. The very first one I made was uh, about
1: a year ago, I believe. Okay. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. That- and what are some. What are some really small, minute details that you've noticed in doing these gift sets? Like, what's the most obscure one that you've noticed about Jay?
2: Actually, I have to give credit because someone actually sent this one in to me. But there's a scene in the second episode, the you know, season one, episode two, where they are watching a video of Antonio's son having been kidnapped. And it's like one of those ransom videos and you can watch Jay in the background, and you're like, he's the one that A catches, like, this is not the same room. But his whole body language, he's literally twitching during this scene. Mm. And I, I never caught this. Somebody else sent that one in to me. So I do have to give the anonymous person that said that one to me credit. Um, some of the other ones that I have really particularly liked, I really like, I really enjoy doing his scenes with Mouse. I feel like you get a lot of background information. Um, there was one where Mouse was talking about how a suspect served in Kandahar, not that far from them, in 2008. And Mouse is really excited because, you know, Jay says they must have seen a lot of action. Um, and, and Mouse is like, yeah, they did. And Jay, Jay's face, you can just tell he's so pained by that comment. He doesn't, He doesn't look back on those moments fondly.
1: Right, right. That's so crazy. I know one of the ones that I saw that kind of got me was when you caught that Jay has a bullet on his keychain. That's the one I was thinking of. I would have never seen that in a million years.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was kind of an interesting thing to see. Um, And I I wrote a whole bunch about that in the comments and then some or in the hashtags. And then someone else wrote me back and they were like, oh, well, you know, like there is a whole thing about how uh, there's one, some people believe there's one bullet out there that's supposed to kill you. And so they'll carry around a bullet in order to like to prevent themselves from being killed. Oh, which was totally mind blogging. And I mind mind blowing and I had to go back and add it to the tags because I I didn't know that. So that was really interesting analysis, too.
1: That's fantastic. I wonder if these little minute actions were like Jesse twitching and things like that. I wonder if these are conscious on his part or it's just kind of it happens and he's just kind of like, oh, I guess that just shook out that way.
2: You know, some of them I'm like, was he told to do this? Some of them I, you know, I honestly, I'm like, did he make that up himself? Like, what's going on there? It's it's really interesting just to kind of break down just how his mannerisms are during the particular scene.
1: Absolutely. That's awesome. So, and one more question, then we'll jump into the episode. But what are some things that we have yet to learn about Jay? Like, what what are the things that you're dying to learn about Jay that we haven't yet?
2: Uh overarching things I would love to know. I really would love to know a bit more about his childhood. Um, we, you know, like we know his mom died, but, and Will sat, later says on med that she died of cancer, but we didn't see Jay react to the storyline in um, episode 10 of season three, where they find out that that doctor was diagnosing women who didn't actually have cancer. Right. So I was, so like, that was kind of like, what's going on there? Like, was it just the writers forgot about that or, um, what, well, you know, what really happened to his mom? What kind of relationship did he have his, with his mom? Um, he makes a comment in, at the end of actually season four, when he's looking, when he wants the ring from his brother. And, you know, Will says, did you talk to dad about this? And, and Jay is adamant that that's not their father's ring, that he has no role in that. So I really just want to know more about his relationship with his mom. You know, why does he keep trying to mentally separate his parents so strongly?
1: Yeah. All interesting points. I know Brian and I have thrown theories around about this forever, um, especially about his childhood. I still stick to the notion. I think he was abused as a child, but I mean,
2: a lot of the tags, a lot of the scenes, I've put that in there and I get a lot of pushback on that. Um, You know, for a long time, I thought it might have been sexual abuse. Just because of the way he reacted to the storyline of Ethan in season three. And then um, we had the episode in season four where he was working at the um, care facility undercover. And I really felt like his reaction there had to do with understanding what these kids were going through. Um, You know, I had somebody just recently say, I don't think he was abused because we met his dad and he seemed like a pretty
1: decent guy. (laughs) 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 What episode were they watching? (laughs)
2: Yeah. I was like, I don't really think he was all that decent. And besides, you know, I think there's, the reaction has always been that it's been a teacher abusing these kids, a teacher or a coach. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I thought maybe had happened to Jay. But even just beyond the sexual abuse, like his father's incredibly dismissive towards him. And clearly there's something that happened there. So, you know, like again, going back to his childhood, you know, was there some kind of physical or even just emotional, I shouldn't say just, but even just emotional abuse. In his background as
1: well. Right. And I feel this episode might have shed a little bit of light, a little bit more light onto why he takes the cases with kids so seriously. But I mean, we're going to get into it. Our outline is quite long tonight. But I mean, yeah, so it, it's a lot of fun to throw theories around. If you haven't been able to tell, we like to do that quite a bit. So. <laughs> Let's jump into the episode. So, as always, we've got this broken down by storyline, not necessarily chronologically, but again, it all kind of works out in the end. So, we're going to start off with the case, just the case itself, and then we'll get deeper into details with Jay and everything. So, first bit of the case here. So, Jay gets a call for an active shooter, and he rolls up, and he's pretty much like the only cop in Chicago who responds. Did you guys notice that?
2: Yeah, he's like, yeah, I noticed it. I also... I also no, wondered why I, was he in the pickup truck alone? Um, we'd just seen him at the district with Adam, but now he's in the pickup truck by himself. That I was thought that was really odd.
1: Yeah, same. I noticed that as well. And so, I mean, yeah, I, he, he rolls up. There's a uniformed officer there, and the uniformed officer is like, hey, somebody's inside shooting. Jay's like, all right, I got this. And everybody clears out, all the uniforms included, and Jay's just a solo act. So it's, it's odd. It's odd. Yeah. So he finally gets in he's you know scoping this place out again he's all alone i mean that's awesome that jay is badass enough to handle this by himself but it's still a little odd and so when he finally gains ground on the shooter the shooter throws a military stun grenade and so jay dives for cover and this is interesting because this episode does a really good job of using this echoing sound effect to kind of indicate that jay's really in his head this episode so The stun grenade goes off and there's that echoing and Jay kind of takes a moment and he has to gather himself because, I mean, who knows where his mind was in this moment? Like, is it
0: back in the war? Is it present in Chicago? Who knows? Well, I think clearly just the fact that it's a military stun grenade shows that, I mean, he's felt this before probably many times. You know, we don't know how many, but many times while he was um, fighting in the Middle East. And so I think it just... I think, like you said, I think that echoing sound does a really good job of showing that he's in his head, but also showing that, like, these are all things he's felt before. Like, these aren't new feelings that he's feeling.
1: Right, right. And so uniforms finally show up, like, ten minutes later. I mean, I don't know where the hell they've been the whole time. Uh, And Jay finds a woman's dead body. And that is our teaser. And so on the way out of this building, Voight and Jay are kind of debriefing. And Voight's just like, "Hey, are you okay?" And it's like totally fleeting. Of course, Jay's gonna say he's okay when he's not. Come on, Voight. But Jay mentions it didn't feel like a mass shooting because it was one victim with three rounds, two center mass and one in the head, and that's kind of the military's way of neutralizing a subject. So Upton arrives. She relays information about this witness and the witness. saw basically these two men storm the place and run out with this kid. So it turns out it's a kidnapping. So we find out that the DOA, her name was Teresa. She was the child's nanny. And it looks like the kidnappers were only out for the child and nothing else. And she got in the way. So Antonio tells the team about this kidnapping and ransom crew that Narcotics had a lead on. And they kidnap kids whose parents are affiliated with drug gangs. Parents pay the ransom. Um, or they pay the ransom in drug money and then it's all kept under wraps because nobody goes to the cops because who wants to admit that they paid in drug money. It's crazy. So Voight meets, Voight meets with the boy's mother and then Upton and Halstead go upstairs to find, or not upstairs, they go to find the ex-husband. I don't know why I said upstairs. But they go to find the ex-husband and they're in this house and they find a box on the counter. And they
0: open the box and I, it, was that an ear? I don't know. That's what I thought.
2: It was not ear.
0: But who's ear? We never get clarification on that, do we?
2: Um, at the very last scene where we see the parents show up, the little boy has a bandage around his head.
0: Oh, I missed yeah. that.
2: It was kind of hard to see. I like had to back it up and make sure that that, that was definitely what I was seeing. But, yeah, because oh. his hair is kind of, like, flopped to the side, weirdly. That's because he's got a bandage on his head.
0: Oh, shit. Never mind. Never yeah.
1: Never mind. Oh, shit, indeed. <laughs> yeah, and so – Antonio talks to a CI whose nephew was kidnapped six months prior, and all the nephew remembers is that one of the guys had a messed up arm. So Antonio checks with the VA, and that is how we are introduced to Luis Vega. So they're trying to figure out how they're going to, you know, get in touch with Luis, how they get his information with him. Jay goes undercover. This is also where we meet Camilla. And so we meet Camilla, we meet Luis. Luis won't talk. There's a bar fight that ensues. Again, we're going to get into more detail here in a little bit, but there's a really weird bar fight. And afterwards, Jay and Luis bond. So we find out that Luis did four tours in Afghanistan. Is that what he said? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So he did four tours and he now works security for another vet and he leaves it at that. Won't tell anybody else any more specifics. So Ruzik updates Voight that Barton, who is the child's father, I think I got their first names confused here because I think Ben is the child, if I remember correctly. But yeah, Ruzik updates Voight, tells him that the father has made a lot of cash deposits for $9,000, which is just under the federal threshold. So Antonio goes to the CI and it turns out that Barton washes money and washes money. It's just kind of a way of making money clean. It's a money laundering thing, basically. Um, Barton washes money, but he's really bad at it because he recently lost a million dollars.
0: Can someone clarify, though? Like, is that through the washing the money? That's how he's connected somehow to this, these gangs, right? I mean, they've never really clarified.
2: He cleans the money for them and essentially gives them some kind of legal background to say how that money is made. So if the federal government gotcha. ever comes and asks you where you got your money, you have to be able to say, I got it from X, right. Y, and Z, that it wasn't right. from illegal gains. So what he's doing is he's cleaning the money and then he's sticking it in banks for them just under the federal threshold. So $10,000 triggers an investigation if you make a single right. deposit of 10000 So that's essentially what his job is.
1: So shifty. Gotcha. Yeah. So shifty. So, Voight and Antonio, they interrogate the father. Um, also, something I noted here, the father is also Dale Hansen from Season 2, Episode 2. The only reason I know that is because 202 is one of my favorites, so I've seen it multiple times. That's the one where the dad made the bad loan and the kid is killing the loan sharks. I don't know if y'all remember that. Yes. Yeah, um, I just thought that was funny. So it turns out that the father is broke, and he can't make the ransom, and they now have 26 hours to find the kid. So Voight needs Jay to ID, ID these drug dealers, and he hands him a bag of actual pills. Now, Jay kind of freaks out a little bit because this is obviously illegal, and Voight just responds with, Okay, just make sure your wire is off. Just typical Voight on a normal day. And so... Yeah. Pretty normal. Okay, so... Super weird. Yeah, yeah. So Jay goes to Luis's apartment, says he's looking for Camilla, but instead they end up sitting around and swapping war stories. Jay gives Luis the oxy on the house in exchange for being set up with his private security buddy. So Denny gives Voight a bag of fake cash. Voight gets pissed because Denny just signed $700,000 to narcotics and he tells Voight to figure it out. I hate Denny. I'm ready for him to go away. He's so annoying. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god, he's the worst. Uh, Voight has a really good straight-up Voight line here. Uh, Denny's like, yeah, I just signed off this money to narcotics. You need to figure it out. And Voight just goes, well, what are you waiting around for? Thank you, and I'm sorry, because it ain't coming. Love it. Um, I would love a gif of that moment in my life at some point, because yeah, a lot of times that I could use that in my daily life. (laughs) So... (laughs) So Jay ends up going to Luis to make sure that he keeps his end of the deal. And this is when we meet the rest of the crew. We meet Josh and we meet Marcus. And so Jay, basically his objective here is to, you know, get in with the crew and work one of these jobs with him. So his idea is to pull Marcus so that Josh has to use him. Now, Upton vetoes it, you know, she knows Jay's way, Jay's in way too deep, and going in with this crew is way too risky. So what does Voight do? Voight says, okay, go ahead and do it. it, it just another moment of Voight not listening to Hayley. Just No, never. I'm so sick of it. Never. Like, when are we going to listen to her? Ever?
0: Right. And I thought it was interesting, too, how, like, it's earlier, I mean, we're going to talk about it probably in a little bit, too, but, like. You know, earlier, Voight does ask for her opinion, and she, when she has the chance to say something, she's just like, oh, it's neutral, which I understand why she says that as well. But, like, you know, it's the one time she doesn't answer is the, one t- the only time he's going to ask. So he's like, oh, she didn't ask, or she didn't really answer me, so now I'm never going to ask for her opinion again.
1: I can't help but wonder if she stayed neutral because she knew Voight wasn't going to listen to her anyway. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. Just, duh. And so, yeah, Voight doesn't listen to her. Ruzik and Atwater pull Marcus, quote unquote. And by pull him, I mean they just kind of kidnap him. And it's really kind of weird. But Jay convinces Josh to use him on the job. He won't give him details, though. So he finally gets the details out of Luis, but not before Luis takes an oxy. And so Jay's just like, well, shit, like, why did you do that? I wasn't going to do this with you, you know, high out of your mind. So Voight goes to the parents' house, and he's coaching them on what to say when the drug dealers call. The dad refuses, but Voight plays the Justin card. And so you hear Voight just say, you know, I lost my son. I'll do everything in my power to make sure that you don't lose yours. Pour one out for Justin Voight. Oh, pour one out for Justin Voight. That's the first time we've heard him play the Justin card, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think that's always just going to kind of hurt every time he brings up Justin. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. So the drug dealers call with instructions on where to drop the ransom. And the dad just says flat out no. So back at the warehouse, Josh is freaking out because the mission's off. So now this means they have to kill the kid. And so Jay is like, Luis, we can't do this. You know, don't kill the child. And so Jay ends up just surrendering his phone and his gun. And they get in the car to go to this warehouse to find the kid. So Josh pulls up to the warehouse. Luis and Jay go totally rogue. They knock his ass out, and then they head inside. Now, there's a crazy-ass shootout that happens here. Like, crazy. There's just guns everywhere. And I think at one point I was like, I don't even know who's shooting what. This is crazy. <coughs> so Jay rescues the child, but Luis is shot and killed. And so... Did
2: you notice that Louise looked over at Jay, realized that he was CPD, and then he stepped out into the gunfire? Oh, no,
1: I didn't. Yeah. Ooh. yeah so CPD. i noticed that whenever I watched
2: yeah. it last night yeah the the unit starts to come in and louise stops shooting because he hears chicago pd but jay continues to and he i think he realizes that jay is undercover so he steps out from behind where he was hiding and that's when he gets shot and killed
1: oh i did not catch that i'm gonna need to look back at that now yeah it's, it's crazy I was wondering why he stepped out in the middle of the fire, because that's exactly what Terry did in Forty caliber breadcrumb. He just kind of was shooting and then just stepped out right in the middle of the line of fire. That's interesting. But
2: Terry was going after to shoot at one of the attackers.
1: True. True. Yeah. So we don't quite know what Luis was doing. Oh, good catch, Christina. Well, I think
0: it's probably Luis doesn't want to go down as like a snitch, because if he sees... If the other person sees that Jay is CPD and Luis is working with him, then Luis is probably going to be classified as a snitch. And that's clearly not the case because Luis had no idea. So maybe he just doesn't want to go down as a snitch and just decides to get shot at. I mean, I don't know.
2: Or he has his white knight moment almost, right? Like he worked with Jay to try to save this kid, but he has no assurance that Jay is going to help him in the long run Is he still going right. to go down for the kidnapping.
1: Yeah. All very good points. Oh, man, these are all things I did not think about. <laughs> so later on at med, the child is reunited with his parents and Voigt and Ruzik share a smile, which knowing what we know is just kind of weird. Just kind of weird. <laughs> That's the case. That's like the basics of the case. But now we're going to dive way deeper in. We're going to dive into the J stuff here. So again, we start with J. Ruzik's at the district early. And he finds Jay in the break room in the middle of a nightmare. Now, we've never seen this before. So this is brand new territory. Jay's just crying in his sleep and he's freaking out. And it's just, it's interesting.
2: And where else was he living?
0: Yeah, that's what I, yeah.
2: yeah. a big question mark going back from when he moved out of his and Aaron's place. Yeah. It Why is he at the
0: district at seven thirty in the morning if it's just a quote unquote nap? Right. And it's not even like, oh, this couch is in um like wherever the cage is and he's watching someone that was in the cage. Like this is just in the middle of the kitchen, you know, no like no suspects around. Like, so he's not watching something. He wasn't supposed to be watching something and fell asleep. Like, he's just asleep because he wants to be asleep. Like it's so weird. But his crying in his sleep was a lot like that was a I was like, that was one of the very first moments of this episode. And I was like, this this is all we're going to see. This is going to be very hard to deal with.
2: Yeah. And the other thing about, like, the question of why he's there, I also started to wonder if these nightmares are not a first-time thing, right? So if he truly went to go crash with Will, which given (laughs) Will's relationship woes on med is kind of a question mark, um, he may have also not wanted his brother to know that he was having nightmares, too.
1: Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I... I'm trying to think of how Will would approach it. Like, would Will approach it from a medical standpoint or would Will be kind of weirded out? Because, you know, when he tells Aaron in, I think it's, like, some episode in season three, when he's like, you know, I wasn't there for Jay. So, would he approach this as a doctor or would he kind of approach this as, oh, my God, what is my brother going through?
0: Yeah, who knows? I just, it's so, like, I wonder if we'll ever see Jay in an apartment again. Like, because, I mean... Granted, it hasn't been that many episodes, but, like, we just all assumed he was still with Will, but I guess Will got kicked out of Nina, so then Will and Jay needed a place to stay. It just it doesn't make sense.
1: They've got to be roommates. I can't imagine they're not.
2: I'm sure they're roommates. It's just a question of are they staying in a hotel still? Like, what are these two doing? Are they sleeping in the pickup truck?
1: In the pickup truck, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and so, yeah, Jay's having this nightmare, and I don't... I think Ruzik is just kind of like, this is weird. What's happening? So Ruzik wakes him up. Jay's really startled, but, you know, he swears he's okay. And so, you know, a couple minutes later, Jay's sitting in his pickup truck, drinking coffee and listening to the police radio. Now, why why is he alone? Why is, when did he get a pickup truck? A million questions here. Um, I'm guessing that him napping at the district plus downing coffee to stay awake means that he's not sleeping.
0: Oh, clearly. Yeah. Um, the pickup
2: truck is the GMC truck that he and Aaron got back in season four.
0: It is? Okay. That's what I thought it was, but I wasn't sure if that was still, like, the same truck. I didn't remember it being, like, an actual pickup truck, but, okay. It's,
2: it's, it's an actual pickup truck, and you can see the lights on the back, so it was clearly outfitted to be a police cruiser.
1: Gotcha. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And so, you know, he's yeah, he's he's down in coffee. That's going on. And so they finally get the lead on Luis. And Jay is pretty adamant about going undercover to bond with him and get the critical information. This is interesting here because Voight's like, okay, how are we going to do this? Jay's like, put me under. So Antonio says it's a bad idea. Voight asks Al because of course he does. Then he asks Upton and then he agrees to it. Now I'm conf- I'm confused as to why he asked Upton. I think it's just because she's Jay's partner, but he's clearly demonstrated he does not care about her opinion. Why even ask her if you're not going to entertain what she has to say?
0: Yeah, for sure. I just I think it's I think maybe you're right that it the reason she's asked is because it's her partner. Because he, it's not like he goes and asks every single person in intelligence what they think.
2: No, but I thought it was interesting the order in which he did ask, right? Because, like, Antonio and Al have kind of been his second-in-command, but they're also the two that have been shown in past seasons to be closest to Jay. I'm particularly thinking back in season one when Jay was accused of murder, right? Antonio was the one that gave him the file, but he thought he had done it. Al was the one who shows up at his house to support him. You know, like, these two have shown that they have a relationship with this guy, and the fact that Antonio was saying it was a bad idea I feel like should have given – more.
0: i also think it's interesting too that like in terms of Voight, antonio and al are probably the ones where you see the two different sides because antonio never seems to agree with Voight when it comes to the way Voight does things you know Vo- antonio is all more more or less like like let's stick to the book and this and that and al usually goes along with Voight in terms of like yeah, if, if, you know, someone just happens to disappear, like, we don't know what happened, you know, that wasn't us. Um, so maybe Upton was almost used to, like, break a tie. But I mean, they both agreed. So it's different. But like, yeah, it's just, it's interesting.
1: Yeah. and But if you notice, though, I don't think Voight asks Antonio. Antonio just gives his opinion. Which just kind of circles back to the really effing weird dynamic between Boyd and Antonio this season. But yeah, the order is interesting. You know, Antonio gives his gives his blessing or, you know, he gives his opinion. And then, of course, of course, Boyd asks Al and then he's just like, Haley, what about you? OK, moving on. So just interesting. And so Upton says that she's neutral. So later on, when she's helping him suit up for this undercover gig, Jay asks, and he's like, well, why the neutral? And I'm just thinking about this here. And it's just, to me, it just seems like he wants somebody, anybody to care. I don't know. It's kind of tricky what he's going through, but he, it just seems like he just wants somebody, anybody, whoever it is to care.
2: And see, I had the opposite reaction. I saw that scene and thought that it was, less about him wanting to know if Upton cared and more his confusion as to why she wasn't supporting what he wanted to do.
0: Yeah. That's what I kind of agree with because I feel like in a lot of ways when Lindsay was there, you know, she did agree, you know, whether she agreed or not, you know, I think he kind of always knew that she was going to have his back. And while he's still trying to learn Upton and learn that partnership and that dynamic, I think, you know, her telling him you know that she doesn't support this he's like well why like I you know I think it's also part of just like wanting to know why he doesn't have the support for what he wants to do and he seems so set in his ways in this instance that like you know for his partner to not agree with him he's also trying to figure out that dynamic as well
2: well and neutral is also such the worst like the worst answer right right because if she said I think this is a great idea then he knows that he has her support if she says, I don't think this is a good idea. He knows that he has her support, support in a different way. But neutral is, where are you? What's our relationship look like in terms of our partnership? Like, how do you view me and how am I supposed to react in this kind of situation? Right, yeah. And that's what I was
0: saying. Like, with Lindsay, yes, she might not have always agreed with the methods Jay was going to take. But at the end of the day, they knew that they were there for each other to be each other's backup and to always have each other's back. And he doesn't know that about her yet, so... When she doesn't give a clearance on how she views it, he just wants to know why and how that's going to affect their partnership.
1: Yeah. And so Upton says that, you know, she's concerned about him. So that makes one person in intelligence who is concerned about Jay. I don't know. I
2: like the way she says it I thought was interesting, too, because she essentially says, I have eyes. I can see what's happening. Whereas, like, Jay has always been really good about putting up that false front or that right. facade. And not really letting people see that waiting until he breaks down away from everyone. So the fact that she's saying, I can see this visually, I think probably might be a bit of a shock to him.
1: Yeah. And an indication that, you know, Jay's finally starting to fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Jay finally meets Luis and we finally got start to get some glimpses into his past. So, um, yeah, we just we start to get a couple little glimpses here. Yeah. Um, Christina, you pointed out something interesting here.
2: Yes. So I always find it funny because Jay likes to use the name Ryan. But when they were first coming out with saying that Chicago Med was happening and that they were going to introduce uh, Jay's brother, his brother was originally named Ryan.
1: Yeah, I remember yeah, that. All the
2: interviews talk about this Ryan, Ryan. So I just find it funny that um, Jay uses that as his undercover name.
1: I Yeah, it must be his go-to because he used it in season four, like you said. So... That's funny. um. And another thing here, you know, again, we just start to kind of get little glimpses here. So Jay says that he was in the army in the tail end of 06 and 2007.
2: Yep. And then he also goes on later on in the episode to talk to Louis and talk about how they were both there in Kandahar in 2008, um, which is something that Mouse mentioned back in uh, episode five of season four. Um, that's that scene that I mentioned earlier where he talks about, like, yeah, they did when Jay said they saw some action.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I always find this timeline really interesting, though, because Ben Corson died in 2007. That's yeah. what it says on his gravestone. So since season, season one, it's been established that Jay was a rookie cop in 2007. Um, so how is he also in Kandahar in
1: 2008?
0: Ooh. Uh so things
2: to you start to pick up on when you're doing a whole 66-plus series on
1: right.
0: past? Wait, so he was supposed to be in, like, the police academy in 2007?
2: 2007, he says in season one that he was the one that found Ben Corson's body, and that he was, uh, you know, he was um, on foot, but he was on foot patrol, or he was a patrol officer. Gotcha. And so he would have already gone through the academy, graduated as a police officer. It was his first year on the force, and he finds his ex girlfriend's brother, brother murdered in 2007. But yeah, he's also supposed to have been in the army. And in
1: Kandahar the year later. Oh, damn it. I hate when they do that and they create holes. Yeah. Damn it. So all of this just kind of leads to the conclusion, you know, Jay was a little baby when he was in the army. He was probably 20, 21, which is just crazy. So, yeah, they're in the bar. Two guys bump into Luis. Uh, Camilla and Jay follow. And Jay goes full action movie. So, At the time when this aired, I was like, what the hell is happening right now? Like, everybody's kung fu fighting in this bar. And then I realized, I was like, wait a second, these are the two narcotics officers who just kind of started this. And so uh, it's a crazy-ass bar fight, and a civilian rolls up to assist, and Jay punches him, too. Whoopsies. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it took me a couple rewatches to notice, too, that the people they punched the first time are the narcotics officers. And I was like... Because at first I had the same reaction. I was like, what is this fight about? Like, did I miss something? Like, did I look down at my phone at the wrong time? Like, what is happening? And then, yeah, it took me, like, a couple rewatches before, like, I realized that that's what was happening.
1: Yeah, crazy.
0: And so after the fight,
1: they're at Luis's house. And Luis heads to bed and Camilla catches Jay looking at her mail. I thought this was funny because I was just like, Halstead, like, where'd your game go? Like, you don't seem to have any here because he's like, I'm just trying to be smooth. Okay, Jay, sit down. And so but he
2: also just like randomly follows these people into their house. Like he was not even invited in. Right. And Louise Louise just Louise is just like, I'm going to bed. And I was like, okay, well that's the time when you need to turn around and go right.
0: home. <laughs> Yeah. That whole that whole scene was weird. Just yeah.
1: Heather waiting outside the house for Camilla and just yeah the whole thing was just odd. And so Jay and Camilla have a beer and this scene is so, like, it's it's short, but it's also jam-packed with information here. Like, Jay says so much. So Jay's just kind of asking Camilla about Luis and you know, Camilla's just telling him about you know, how the war has affected him and so, you know, some notables here Jay says, you know, just alcohol because usually it's alcohol and opiates.
2: Which is Such an interesting answer to me, largely because we've had confirmation that he abused alcohol. And so I took this to say, originally thinking, oh, wow, this is like Jay kind of saying that he abused pills. But then he goes on to say that, you know, he did nothing but drink, smoke, screw, and fight. And you don't typically smoke Oxy. Right. So I started (laughs) to think maybe this was really just him pulling from Mouse's experience, right? Like we have confirmation in... Uh, episode two of season four that mouse had to pop pills to get through the night right and you know is this really what jay's what's jay, this jay's experience or is he pulling based on mouse's
1: I uh, yeah i'm willing to bet he pulled for mouse in that instance because remember mouse had you know mouse kind of i don't know he, he he went he went a little bit more off the rails than jay did and by off the rails i just mean that you know he had some crimes on his record so okay. yeah
2: and he also you know like Knew some dealers and stuff, and that's actually how we were reintroduced to Mouse. Was he was helping Jay with a
1: case, right? And so yeah, like you said, you know, he just says, "I've just been there. I spent seven months doing nothing but drink, smoke, screw, and fight."
2: I still want to know where Abby is and what she's up to.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't ever get
2: that divorce. Like, you know, I that whole episode really threw me. Not even just from like the fact that I really enjoyed Aaron and Jay together, but just for the kind of person that Jay is, right? right and he has this ex-wife that shows up he's been lying about her all this time and i it didn't it wasn't a stretch for me to believe that that could have happened certainly yeah. not if he's getting blackout drunk every night like we learned in that episode but she just up and disappeared like did he sign the divorce papers like what is going on there right like i think
0: in terms of consistency and the things that pd hasn't maybe necessarily been consistent about the whole time i think this is one of the ones that bothers me the most. Like, if he did, if it was for the fact that, like, we never got mention of it again, just even some, like, one tiny little acknowledgement that he signed a divorce papers and we're never going to see her again, like, that's all I need. I don't need it to be a whole, like, B or C storyline in an episode. Like, I just need some kind of, like, acknowledgement.
2: I don't necessarily need her to come back, but, like... Right. We find out he's married, and then, you know now he wants to propose to Aaron. I was like, there's a, there's a step missing here. Like, what happened? Yeah. Um, and I also like kind of overarching with this episode, you know, I, I feel like this episode told us a lot. what we already learned from the episode with Abby. And so for me, it kind of says like, we really didn't need that episode with Abby, but we can debate that later. I just, you know, when I yeah. heard this whole seven months thing, I was like, okay, but what about Abby? What is she doing in your life?
1: I, yeah, I I forgot about Abby until you mentioned it in the outline, and I just, I'm like, I don't know where she is, I don't really care, I hope she's long, long gone, but.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of people have been like, I am deleting this from my memory, but. (laughs) This episode never happened.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but
2: it's like five seeds in my, um tell me more about Jay Halstead's past gift set project so I can't really forget yeah about I will
0: never forget about it just from like I remember when I found out because I wasn't watching the episode I remember Gina just texted me flipping out so like I won't forget it because of that but yeah I try to forget it otherwise
1: yeah, yeah, just... I mean, I tried to delete it sometimes
2: in my own head, but um, so, like right before it aired, I kept making jokes about how watch, he'll have an ex wife. And then I was right. And I was like, I've never wanted to be more wrong in my entire life.
1: <laughs> oh my God. I just remember when Abby showed up and we were all like, okay, who the hell is this, whatever. But then the minute she said that he never signed the divorce papers, like, I'm pretty sure I was on my phone and I dropped the phone and my head was like, what? Like, <laughs> the minute that happened, I was like, what? what the hell did she just say? Just.
2: Yeah. Ugh, yeah my live tweet just kind of stopped right then and there i was like everything i have to say is not appropriate <laughs>
1: right the, like the cpd twitter account is like where is everybody and we're all just like mouths open just like floored yeah, yeah. crazy <laughs> so another thing camilla asks jay and says you know how'd you get over it and jay says i got no idea and You know, Camilla mentions that she doesn't think Luis ever really fully came back. And Jay said, I don't think you ever really do. And he says, I think you just kind of fill up whatever's missing with something else.
2: Which is such an interesting answer and almost the exact opposite of what he says to Ethan in episode seven of uh, season three. Because, you know, he has this whole conversation with that kid about how he the way he gets through the pain of losing his friends and the way that he gets through his daily life is he tries to honor their memory. And right. here, like, it, it just felt, feels like he's kind of saying, you know, there's a piece of you that's never going to come back, but you try to fill that up whatever way you can. But what is that whatever way, right? Like, clearly popping an oxy and mm-hmm. drinking has not gotten you very well, very far in life and not helped you recover. And so the very moral answer that he gives, the very heroic answer, is not the one that he gives to Camilla.
1: Right. I think it just kind of shows, though, that he's starting to spiral. Yeah.
2: Pop. Possibly. I kind of looked at it more of, you know, but you want to give a teenage boy who's been something, through something horrific a much more heroic, uplifting answer. Right. Especially since this kid lost his son. Whereas, like, Camille is very much so in the trenches. And so for her to hear, like, oh, I just try to honor the sacrifice, well, that may not be helpful for her and her
0: brother. Right. And for her, it, Jay being more honest and being more real about what his experience actually was is something that – she can relate to and maybe use as something to kind of help Luis and like guide him along.
2: And that's why it kind of kills me to hear Jesse say that it's a lie. (laughs) Because like, yeah, okay, she doesn't know his name. He came into her life very, very questionable circumstances. But you also want to believe that the answers he's giving her are truthful. So if he's truly just blending, you know, his experiences with Mouse's experience try to give her a story, that kind of is a little sad too.
0: Right. Yeah, I guess I wasn't even thinking about, in terms of that, like, everything he said was being a lie, which is true, like, and I know that's what it's meant, but, like, I was more, I think, I think a lot of people in the fandom, or a lot of what I read in the fandom was like, oh, yeah, well, it's a lie, like, Jane and Camilla, like, that part, like, that relationship is a lie, which is also true, but, like, I think, yeah, it's interesting to, too, like when you actually say it like oh yeah like everything he's saying that helps build that relationship is a lie so yeah i think it's a yeah it's just interesting yeah and i remember
2: he's really trying to help this woman with her experience versus just trying to get his foot in the door and telling her whatever she needs to hear yeah and therefore how much of what he says is truthfully about his own experience how can how much of this can we really say this is about his past explicitly
1: True, true. I think it's kind of a mix of both, though, that he's trying to get information out of her. But he's also kind of, you know, relaying this truth because, I mean, Derek did tweet in the middle of the episode. He was like Jesse or not Jesse. Jay knows that, you know, every good undercover is mixed with a little bit of truth. And so, you know, I think it's kind of a mix of both. But, you know, it's going to start to kind of teeter into more of territory that, you know, he kind of he's trying to get like information from her and things like that. So interesting. And so Upton and Voight, they meet with Jay, and Voight gets a phone call, so Upton and Jay are walking, and Jay says the punch was a right, the right move. And so Haley's like, well, it was a move. It doesn't necessarily mean it was right. Oopsies.
2: But I'm like, what was he supposed to do? This guy was charging at him. Like, if he had said, oh, I can't punch you because, you know, I'm a police officer under cover, <laughs> you're just supposed to take one? Like,
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And then that guy's assaulted an officer, so then can he punch back? Like, what's the, right? what's <laughs> yeah. the legal line
0: here? Right, right, right. It's PD. There's never a legal line. True story. It's true, it's true. Yeah, true story. And
1: so, you know... Upton tells Jay what she found in Louise's psych history, including where he was stationed. And this is where we start to see Jay push her away a little bit because Upton's trying to tell him this is what I found out. This is important information. And Jay just shoots her down and is like, I did a tour there, too. So I know what he saw. And so, I mean, he wants someone to care, but he's also pushing you know, Haley away. And so it's just kind of, it's showing that this, like this depression, this darkness he's slipping into, it's a cruel thing. It's a bad place to be because you just don't know what you want. You can't really see up from down.
2: On the other side, though, you know, someone who's been a veteran who's been there can be difficult to have someone who wasn't there try to explain the experience to them. So Haley is showing up and she's saying, I've gathered this intel, you know, let me walk you through it. And Jay's saying, i don't need you to because i I lived this
1: yeah yeah that's true that's true it's just kind of it's sad because jay clearly needs someone to connect with in this episode but he doesn't really have that
2: nor would i really expect him to in this episode to be honest um you know i i know a lot of people in the fandom were like well if aaron was there and that kind of stuff but he's He's just always pushed everyone away. He's never allowed himself to have that experience where he said, A and Z, you know, A, B and C happened to me, and this is how I feel about it. You know, even when Terry died, we saw him be like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then he goes into the locker room and cries to himself.
1: Yeah, you're, you're right, because, I mean, even when Aaron said, you know, if you ever need me to carry that load, you just have to ask. She, he still never confided in her about what happened yeah. while he was overseas.
2: No, and he he doesn't tell her, he doesn't tell her anything, he doesn't, like, you know, um, Upton even asks, you know, what you told Camilla was true, and and Jay's, you know, he he doesn't answer her.
1: Right, right. And so, yeah, he doesn't answer her, he just kind of, like, half-nods, and we just never really get a full answer, and so, you know... Um, we cut to later and Jay goes to Luis's apartment. He says he's looking for Camilla, but basically what happens is they end up sitting around and swapping stories. And so Jay tells the story of an eight year old girl that he sees in his nightmares. Listen to this story very, very closely because it is the exact same thing that happened in 501. Exact same. And once I heard the story, it kind of blew my mind because that is why, jesse says that 501 opened Parandora's box and this also i feel like might have answered the age-old question of why the hell does jay get so worked up over cases with kids this might be the reason why
2: i i understand your point but i also feel like this is just one of many right um you know, we they had this scene back in season three where there was a child that was killed, and Mouse tries to talk to Jay, and he says, "You know, seeing that little boy's picture up on the wall it reminds me of this six-year-old back in Landigal You know, when we breached the mud hut, and Jay will not let him talk about that. He shuts him down. He says, "I don't want to talk about this." Mouse tries again. He says, "I told you I didn't want to talk about this." So it seems like there's a long history of kids. You know, Jay later on in the episode, in this particular episode, says, "I can't carry another kid." Well, the little girl in. You know, five hundred one. She's not the first one, clearly.
1: No, right. But yeah. th- that's what I'm saying is, what if this? What if this eight year old that he sees in his nightmare? Maybe that was the catalyst. That was the first one.
2: But the wasn't. How old was the little girl in five hundred one?
1: Probably about that age.
2: See, that's what I thought, though. I thought he was telling the story of five hundred one. <laughs> that's what He's, I thought. Yeah, because he he calls him a combatant, but a combatant, yeah. you know, in military lingo, can be. The people that they're fighting in Afghanistan, but combatant also can be used by the police occasionally, rightly or wrongly, to describe um, a suspect. So, I thought he was just sharing the story of 501 because that's the one that's been most recent. Not that that is actually the very first kid that was ever killed in Jay's presence, and that's why he gets worked up about
0: kids. Right. I thought he was telling the story of 501 as like, and when he says, like, open Pandora's box, like, meaning that's maybe what started him on, like, this downward spiral. Not that, like, that was the first case and that that was, like, why he does get so worked up over kids. I mean, he, like you said, he has this long history of kids and like we've seen it time and time again. But I just thought that this, he was telling the story of 501 and that's what sent him on this like downward spiral. And
2: I, and I, I do have to say like, I wish if this truly was the episode if 501 truly was the episode that opened Pandora's box for Jay, that we saw more of that before this episode. Yeah. Cause I, I feel like you could really say, well, the trigger was actually Abby showing up, right? Cause he says like, I'm messed up in the head basically during that episode, but we don't know that like, but the mention that was actually made about him going to PTSD and the support group in the following episode is deleted, so like we don't know if that's truly the trigger. His girlfriend, girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, whatever their relationship construct was at the time, she leaves. Like, is that a trigger? You know, was that was there, my it, trigger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I feel like we were told Abby showing up was the trigger. Then there was no follow up to that. Then Aaron leaves, and then he kills a kid, and there's been no follow up to that until now.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. For sure. And so, yeah, he convinces Luis to or wait, sorry, I skipped ahead a little bit. Okay, yeah, so Jay finds Camilla and he goes or yeah, Jay finds Camilla and she goes he goes to find her to find out where Luis is. And this is where things get a little crazy because they flirt and Camilla kisses him. Now, Twitter exploded at this moment, of course, but we are here to say everybody calm down. <laughs> calm down. It's been what, six, seven, eight months since Lindsay ghosted him? And again, he's headed down a dark road. So he's doing things that, you know, regular happy Halstead would not do. Just,
0: just you well, and know. The other thing is he's undercover. Yeah, I was just about, I was literally just about to say that
2: where he's gone on to hit on bartenders, Gabby being one of them. So like, it didn't surprise me that he ended up kissing her, considering the fact that he was kind of trying to use his quote-unquote smooth moves to get in with her to get to know more about about her brother. Um,
0: But is it me? Is it, like, me? Or am I the only one who didn't see, like, any chemistry between them? Like, I feel like people part of the reason people were freaking out about it is because, like, they think that this is going to be Jay's next relationship. But in this moment, I didn't see, like, really any chemistry between them i didn't either
2: yeah i didn't see any chemistry i also would hope that this woman would have the self-worth to pack up and leave when she finds out that jay was
0: working undercover on her like right for sure yeah and i mean i kind of i've been saying to gina and ashley that i kind of wanted to be like when gabby finds out that jay's undercover and jay in that moment you know says like oh well, we can still make this work and Gabby's like well this isn't what I signed up for you know and then she goes on to talk about like Antonio and Laura and how they have this great relationship except for when he goes undercover because Antonio goes kind of similar to Jay in like this dark place and so then Gabby's like no we can't do this so I hope that it does have an instance like this where when she does find out that Jay's undercover you know she says just you know I can't do this like this isn't like I can't just because you're undercover you're actually cop like that's not what I thought I was getting into
2: I think also like I do kind of understand the backlash in terms of, like, yes, it's been six months. You know, I get that. But on the other hand, it's only been seven episodes. So if you're only spending an hour a week with these characters, it is kind of difficult to be like, oh, wow, he really is moving on. I I don't think he's moving on with Camilla at all. um, But I do kind of understand some of the backlash about that, too.
1: Right. Right. And so, you know. We find out what the job is, and he convinces Luis to fight back against Josh so they don't kill the child, and that's where he says, I can't carry another kid. Ugh. And so, in the firefight, Luis is shot and killed, and this is just so heartbreaking. So, Jay drags him to safety and tries to save him, and Upton's trying to stop him, but her voice is echoing, so now, you know, the echoing again, and so... You know, the echoing is just kind of showing that these memories are being triggered and he's just kind of slowly retreating into this dark hole. And things get so crazy here because, you know, he's hellbent on saving Luis and Upton's trying to stop him and he pulls his gun on her. What?
0: Yeah.
2: I I, have, I backed it up and rewatched that moment because I just thought it was so odd that Jay felt comfortable enough to run out, put his gun down, perform chest compressions on this guy, but then hears someone calling his name and picks up his gun and points it at her. Like, if she had snuck up behind him and tapped him on the shoulder or, you know, like, tried to crouch down next to him or something like that, I could understand that being a trigger because, you know, we hear, like, kind of the noise in his head and everything's echoing. He doesn't really hear. But she's saying his name. Like, I, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of odd that he felt safe in that moment to put everything down, but then it's like, oh, no. You know, he he picks up the gun and points it back at her.
1: So crazy. And, I mean, the other thing, too, is that, you know, Upton's not the only one there. Burgess, Antonio, Ruzik, they're all there. And nobody says anything? Nobody's concerned that he just pulled a gun on his partner?
2: Yeah, that's a good question that I doubt we'll see follow-up
1: to.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. it's crazy. If we do, I will be very surprised and be the first one to admit that I did not see that coming. But I doubt we will.
1: I mean, we kind of need to. It's, you know, a member of the unit's going a little rogue here by pointing a gun at his own partner. I mean, somebody's got to pick up on this, right?
2: I could give you a whole list of things that deserved continuity and didn't get it.
0: Oh, oh, I know. Yeah, and I think, I just think, too, based on the fact that, like, as far as I know, I can't remember. I don't think Annabella Costa's in the next episode, so she's going to be a 9, but not an 8. But So it seems like 8, they're just going to move on until the Burgess stuff and then go back to the Jay and Ruzik stuff in nine, which also kind of annoys me, but that's how they're going to do it. So I guess that's how they're going to do it. But so I don't think.
2: feelings things about this, this season, because I, I love that we are getting glimpses into everyone's backstory, but I think even Jay in one of the um, interviews that we mentioned earlier, you know, he says like we drop in like little mini movies and then we're on to the next person. And so I feel like it just aggravates the continuity
0: issue.
1: Yeah, it does. And then Jesse had also said that they're not really going to come back to the PTSD. I think it was just that one episode.
0: But then at the same time, we also know Ricky just said that they are going to talk about Jay and, like, we're going to see this kind of play out over a couple of episodes. So, who's right? Someone's got to be right. but <laughs>
2: I don't know. I stopped trusting the interviews a long time ago. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, we'll just see after Thanksgiving who turns out to be right. Yeah. Yeah. So...
1: You know, Jay pulls the gun on Upton, and that ends that. And he's just so distraught once he realizes that, you know, Luis is gone and he's just, he looks broken. So the episode ends, he goes to Camilla's, and while he's on the way, Haley calls. So what does Jay do? He rolls his eyes and doesn't answer. So the PD account decided to have a little fun with that, and they basically tweeted, they were like, oh, hey, look, it's a flashback to 423. I was like, you jerks, don't... Why would you go there? That's just too far. Too soon, too far. Not nice. Yeah,
0: just like, get the fuck out. Say it again, Christina.
2: Oh, I said it. It's too much trying to bait people. It's trying to get a reaction um, out of a certain segment of
0: the viewers. Right, and it's like, you know, there's times where... You know, they they do have really good social media game, but, like, it's also kind of like with the Rusic stuff. Like, they know people are upset about the rusic, so they're tweeting and Instagramming about it every single day because they know people are going to respond. It's the same thing. And it's like, okay, in that instance, maybe once is okay, but not every single day and not things that you know people are going to flip a shit about.
1: And so... Uh, you know, Jay gets to the door and Camilla's crying and she asks if he was there and Jay lies and says that he wasn't. And I'm so. I'm
2: so confused by that question. Yeah. I really don't get it because like, why would you want to know if he was there, right? Like, was he there because my brother was a good guy? Like, did the police lie to her about what her brother was there? Because if, you know, like if, if she knew that her brother was there because he was part of this kidnapping ring and Jay shows up at her door and says, yeah, I was there well, why are you involved in such illegal shit that was my brother that got him killed? If, you know, Jay said, please don't tell this woman, like, tell her that he was there to save a kid. Okay, why didn't you have his back? Like, that's obviously a question Jay doesn't want to answer. But it it was like, it was such a weird question to ask, because I felt like there was no good answer other than, no, I
1: wasn't there. (laughs) Right. It's weird. That's a good point. Especially when, you know, Luis earlier in the episode, you know, he wasn't crazy about Camilla hanging out with another ranger. Yeah. But Camilla's asking if he was there as if to be like, you know, was somebody there to have his back? It's just, it's confusing.
2: Well, and then the other thing I thought was interesting is, you know, back when Terry was introduced in episode uh, 17 of season three, you know, Jay has this moment where he says, like, the worst thing for me is going to see the families and the wives and the children that were left behind right but in that yeah. episode after terry is killed he makes a point of going to see terry's widow and it's kind of the same thing here where like camilla was killed and rather than just saying that's the end of the undercover off like he he shows up and he tries to comfort this woman so even though that's his least favorite thing and the thing that he that that he says causes him the most pain about his experience he, he still does it He still. You know, that guy, that decent guy at the end of the day that's going to show up to support his buddies long after they've died.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. Um, yeah, and you had some other points in here, Christina, as well, just about, you know, how Jason Jace- yeah, – Yeah, go ahead. Kind
2: of on the on Terry, like, I just thought it was interesting that we get to see these men come back and deal with their PTSD in different ways, right? So, like, we were first introduced to Terry who, you know, he, he's like, I just got out of rehab, which Jay kind of laughs about. But he, you know, he's trying to get himself cleaned up. He's got a legal job now. He has a wife. He has a baby on the way. Like he's 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 doing what he needs to do to move forward with his life and get out of that dark hole. And then now we have Louis, who's in the middle of that hole and hasn't figured out how to pull himself out. But we've always had Jay, who like seems to be an implore example. Of, you know, like he was in the hole. He pulled himself out of the hole. He got a job. He's moved forward with his life. But now he's backsliding almost. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like you get to see these vets at different stages, and it's just something I really enjoy because it's it's not commentary on where these guys are. There's no judgment. You know, it's just you can be in multiple different places and still be a good person at the end of the day, right? Like Terry lost his job trying to, um, or sorry, not lost his job, lost his life, his life. trying to have <laughs> his job to support his wife and his baby and to be Jay's backup. Louis loses Louis loses his life. Um, whether it was him stepping out intentionally in front of the gunfire or not but at the end of the day what did he try to do He tried to save
0: that kid right yeah and i think that's a i think that's a really good point and something i guess i'd kind of been thinking about but didn't formulate it in that way but i also think it just kind of goes to show and makes this episode more clear that while we maybe didn't learn a whole lot of new details it just kind of shows that jay is kind of somewhere in the middle like you were saying you know he does he's able to be this like quote unquote like good veteran like when he comes home you know because he does have this steady job you know with the police but at the same time you know he also is backsliding and you know keeps kind of I guess continuing to backslide every now and then and now we're really starting to see it but it also I think just kind of goes to emphasize this point that you know some people mask what they're actually going through and still can function in every state society and just kind of go through the motions You know, there is, like you said, all these different stages. And I think this episode does do a really good job of, like, not putting any judgment on where you fall in these, like, stages or whether it's a spectrum or whatever it is. But, you know, some people also can mask it, whether if they're in the, like, backsliding part of it.
1: Interesting. Yeah. um, And Christina, you also had a pretty interesting opinion about this episode.
2: Yes. So um, I was really looking forward to this episode, you know, because it kept being touted as we're going to learn more about his past. And I really feel like we didn't learn that much more. You know, like I I mentioned earlier about the whole um, drug abuse and how I feel like that was more something that he took from Mouse, And so it's one of those things where, you know, now I thought maybe that was a new tip that we were learning, but we already knew that he abused alcohol. We knew that he struggled with kids being killed you know, um, we knew that he was stationed in Kandahar in 2008 and was there in 2006 and 2007. That mistake's been made before with um, Ben Corson's death. You know, I felt, I felt like a lot of the details that I was hoping we would get more on weren't there. That said, though, you know, I am hopeful that this will be an arc and we will continue to learn more. Um, it may just be more focused on where Jay is at today rather than what happened to him in his past.
0: Yeah, I think now that you say that, I think the only, it made me start thinking about it. And I think the only thing we just got is we got more confirmation that Day is still dealing with his PTSD and it's not something he seems to be over like he thinks he is. Yeah, but that's something that he flat out said in right. season
2: four. So, like, even that is... <laughs> I felt like
0: right, that it's just funny. more confirmation. It's just more confirmation. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it was, like, yeah, it was only that he was um, stationed at Fort Benning. I was like, okay, that's a new tidbit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah yeah stationed at Fort Benny. I thought we got more information about the eight-year-old and his nightmares but now that I think about it it might have just been 501 but yeah I actually <laughs> agree with you we didn't really learn as much more about Jay as we were hoping to but that's okay it was yeah, still a good episode
2: it was a good episode and you know like with the eight-year-old and 501 to be honest the first time I saw it I was like oh he must be talking about um that kid in uh, season three that Mouse wanted to talk about but no that kid was six years right. old.
0: right
1: yeah and so, yeah, I mean, that's that's about it with with the Jay storyline. I mean, apparently this is going to be an arc and I am here for every minute of it because, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. And it's going to be interesting to see who steps up and is there for him. Like um, somebody had made a note that I had seen somewhere in the outline. Maybe we didn't. Maybe we skipped over it. But Upton right now seems to be the only one who's concerned about him. I wonder why that is. I have no idea.
0: I have no idea, and I think it just doesn't make any sense, considering everyone else has known him longer, so like why is it that she can come in and kind of see that Jay is clearly not doing well, but you know someone like Antonio who I've always said, you know I feel like Antonio and Jay have this kind of like mentor relationship since Antonio is the one that helped got him get him into intelligence that like why does why can't at least Antonio see it?
2: yeah. I definitely kind of had a moment where I was like, why is she the only Like, when she says, you know, I have eyes, it's like, well, what's with everyone else's eyes? Has Jay really just done such a masterful job the last four seasons blocking out what he's doing? But, you know, I don't think that's always true, right? Like, we've seen Voight tell, you know, say, no, you can't go in and talk to that suspect. You can't do that. You're too close to this, you know? And yet he doesn't seem to pick up on it this time, which was interesting to me. We don't really see Antonio react to it. Um, There's a a scene I have coming up in the Tell Me More About Jay Halstead project that's scheduled to post later this week where um, Al finds out that Jay was in the Rangers and he's like, oh, that explains it. Well, you know, what does that explain, right? Well, this episode kind of gives you a few answers, but why doesn't Al pick
0: up on it? Right, and I think, too, is like, you know, Voight does a really good job of saying those things, you know, like, you can't go in there, you're too close to this. Like, you know, it usually happens to do with things with kids, which is something that, You know we still have no idea whether what happened to him as a kid so i'm sure they have no idea but you know people everyone knows that jay was in the army so why isn't this is something that someone's saying like no you're too close to this like we like you gotta stop
1: right and my concern here is that upton is gonna be the only one who notices for god knows what reason and she's gonna go to voight and voight's gonna brush her off
2: yeah, he does. certainly doesn't seem to trust her opinion about Jay specifically the way that, um, you know, like he did with Aaron.
0: Right. Yeah. It make Yeah, it makes no sense. I just think that if the whole
1: team, if nobody on this team, aside from Haley, notices what's going on with Jay, I just, like, I'm not going to blow a gasket, but I'm probably just going to make a lot of all-caps tweets being like, what the hell is wrong with this unit? For sure. I don't know. And so... Yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting to see where the Jay storyline goes from here. And so I just, yeah, he needs a hug and hopefully he gets one eventually. (laughs) Uh, It's bad. So the last, um, go ahead.
2: I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the um, Moana Disney movie. Yes. But there's, there's a scene where she is confronting, essentially, this demon, and she goes, I know who you are, because she sees this demon has a heart, and I was like, I need someone to do that with Jay, this PTSD, like, somebody oh needs to God, say, yes. I know who you are, and, like, Aaron filled that role before for him before, so, like, I need someone in the unit that has known him for a long time, hello, Antonio, or Al, to say that to
0: him. Oh, my God, yes, so good. <laughs> This would go back to my point from the other day, like when I was saying how Burgess and Jay, like how I wanted that friendship. This would be a good time for her to step in. Yeah, it just it needs to be somebody. Somebody that's no long, known Jay longer than six or nine months. However long it's been since Upton has now come into the unit, it needs to be someone longer than that.
2: And I do, I do have to say, like I don't, I don't think it's unusual that Upton may pick up on it. But if we truly trace back to when Jay was. Telling us that he was starting to fall apart, which is back when Abby was there. You know, Upton hadn't come in yet at that point. Right. So, she, so she's come in while he's been s- supposedly spiraling. Yeah. So it just seems odd to me that she would be the one to pick up on it and no one else would.
0: Right, because he doesn't know, she doesn't know him when he's not darling.
2: Right. Or even when he hasn't been reminded of his demons.
0: Right. right. Yeah. Also right. It's interesting,
1: Christina, that you bring up Moana because I was thinking, you know, earlier this week about the whole Jay and Camilla situation. And I kind of liken it to Harry Potter. You know how when, you know, Voldemort killed Harry's parents and Voldemort just kind of latched onto the one living thing nearest to him. I feel like that's what it is with Jay and Camilla is that Jay just needs some sort of connection right now to something or anything and camilla just happens to be within arm's reach
2: and he needs someone that understands his experiences whether or not he was also co-opting someone else's. in that like she knows what it's like to be a vet or to be around a vet who is spiraling
1: Yeah, yeah for sure so yeah it's just it is crazy times on pd right now crazy times So the last thing we wanted to discuss was Ruzik, because this Ruzik situation is just the gift that keeps on giving. And so we opened the episode, very first scene of the episode. Ruzik is playing go fish with his nephew at his sister's house. This nephew is the cutest kid. Oh, my God. And so they're playing go fish, and Ruzik gets a text from Mia. I hate Mia. She's horrible. She's the worst. When is she going away? Yeah. Never. Never, ever. And so Ruzik walks into Voight's office to plant what looks like a bug. I think it's like a flash drive or something.
0: Um, and the whole fandom at that moment was just like, no, what are you doing? Yeah, no, my re- initial reaction was something alongs like, you know, fuck Adam. Like, what are you doing? Don't plant the device in Voight's office. Like, stop. What are you doing? It was just me yelling at the TV a lot. It's just bad.
1: And what stopped Ruzik was a framed photo of the team in Voight's office. I think that's awfully sentimental of Voight to have a framed photo of
0: the team, no? It's just so un like
1: Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I thought it was funny. I was like, Voight, you softy you. Cute. Yeah, it's like, you know, the, the,
2: the show started out with him being like, you guys are a family. But I feel like that vibe was really lost for a long time, so then it, it seems just odd to me that he's like, yep, I got a photo of my team, even though I can look out the window and look at all of them. Right, well, and especially
0: now when, like, he's supposedly we have no idea still at odds with Antonio about Antonio's whole situation. And then, you know, he doesn't really know if he trusts Haley. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. So like, yeah, it's just, it's interesting that now in this moment where he's supposedly at odds with two or three members of his unit, that he has this framed photo. Oh
1: boy. And so, Later on, you know, Ruzik and Atwater are looking at footage of the bar fight. And, you know, if you listen closely, Ruzik's saying, you know, Upton was pissed that Jay punched the civilian. Upton was pissed. And Atwater points out, he's like, well, yeah, this is really bad. And the civilian's probably going to sue when he finds out that Jay's a cop. And so Atwater's like, well, you're going to delete this, right? And Ruzik's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Except that he doesn't. And he copies it to the USB drive. Are you kidding me?
0: This whole scene kind of confuses me. TVH. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening.
1: Yeah. I don't think any of us do. And so, Voight comes out of his office and is like, you know, he's asking about Halstead and Atwater covers and is like, oh, he's good. He's fine. And this made me think that Voight didn't know about the bar fight. The way Atwater just kind of covered up, but I don't know. It could be wrong.
2: It sounds like he doesn't know about the bar fight. Um, also, like, he might have also thought that it was a trigger for Voight wanting to pull Halstead in, possibly, um, since, you know, obviously that's not something that they're supposed to be doing. Not that Boyd has ever really been great about staying on the uh, certain side of that black and white line
1: right. when it comes
2: to uh, working with civilians. Um, but, you know, it just, we we've learned a bit later, you know, that Ruzik copied that video to a USB drive, but he then goes to give Woods, and he says, you know, this should be a case for official misconduct. But if Voigt seriously doesn't know about this bar fight, then all Ruzik is essentially doing is hanging Jay out to dry.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: You know, he's not helping Woods go after his big fish of Voigt. and that just really makes me sad because we've seen Jay not, you know, not have his unit have his back during the um, Lonnie case in season one. You know, he felt like they didn't have his back during season 14, or not season 14, (laughs) season 4 when he was undercover. You know, he has that whole moment where he's, like, trying to assure the unit, and he's really angry that he didn't do anything with the girl that was accusing him, that he wasn't that person. Um, And the fact that he felt like he needed to vocalize that tells me that he doesn't feel like the unit has his back. And then we finally see in, you know, the first episode of this season – that Ruz- Ruzik says, you we, we know, we've got your back, buddy. Like, we're, we're going to take care of you. And Jay kind of gives him this, like, weird thumbs up where he's like, yeah, okay, thanks, man. But, like, I'm not quite sure he truly trusts what Ruzik says. Yeah. So if this flash drive leads to an official, you know, case for or a, a review for official misconduct, and Voight has a cover and that he didn't know about it, all Ruzik is doing is putting Jay out there. To-
1: so this did get debunked about... Voight not knowing about the bar fight, because um, Haley, when Haley vetoed giving the drugs to Louise, she kind of rattled off all the things that had happened. And so she was like, you punched the civilian in the bar fight right in front of Voight. Now, but I do wonder if, you know, this happened so quickly that Voight didn't catch it or Voight was just like, oh, punching a civilian, just normal Monday. So, yeah. Totally
2: fine activity whatsoever. Exactly. So I'm wondering if that even
1: stuck out to Voight, but it did get debunked.
2: I was just gonna say I think it's a little bit different if he verbally has confirmation this happens versus he's seen the video
1: true very true and so yeah so I mean Voight knows whether well Voight has heard about it whether he remembers is a whole nother question but Ruzik meets him le- yeah so Ruzick meets him later on and hands him the flash drive he's like you know this has enough for a case of official misconduct and we're done and Woods kind of flips out here woods is just basically like you know you young cops think that void is real police he rubs off on you um you know but who do you think made void that way um and said that they're not done so this actually led me to an interesting theory that i put in the group text last week and brian and ashley were like what the hell is wrong with you right now but (laughs) my theory here what if woods is after jay
0: for me though that just doesn't make sense like What does Woods have against Jay? Like, not saying that it couldn't be happened, but I just think Voight seems to be the more logical choice. Like, if Voight does rub off on his young cops, then he clearly has rubbed off on Jay so that maybe if the video on the USB drive is of Jay hitting someone, it's just going to still come back to pin back on Voight, not necessarily Jay.
1: Well, here's here's what I'm thinking, though, is that maybe Woods is pissed that Jay got off scot-free over 501.
2: He could have. I, I also would remind, like, if you go back to the end of season four, right, like, Aaron essentially gets hung out, not saying that what she did doesn't deserve, like, she should have lost her job over that. But that's something that she definitely picked up on from Void, right? And so it, it was pretty much suggested that the brass were going to come down hard on her because they couldn't get to Void.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, maybe that's the situation. But, you know, when Ruzik's saying that it's a case of official misconduct, I mean, it's not official misconduct against Voight. Voight's not even in the video.
2: No, it's just Jay. But is that a question of he's trying to open up a case against Jay, or is he trying to crack open a case that would then get him access to what's happened with the rest of the unit?
1: Also true. I don't know. And I might be reading into it too much, but I just so desperately want for Ruzik not to be a rat. That I'm willing to cling on to any theory possible. So, I don't know. I'm really hoping there's traction to the theory that Voight and Ruzik are playing Woods. Like, they're making Woods think that Ruzik's the rat, but really they've got the upper hand.
2: It would be nice, but it would definitely be a callback to how Voight got his unit in the first place. You know, he had the whole thing where I was playing a dirty cop, but it wasn't actually a dirty cop.
1: True. Yeah. True. Actually, I I would take a repeat of that at this point, though. I just really don't want to have to see Ruzik in a different light, but it happens. I don't know. And so we did have, um, A lot of reactions from Twitter this week. You guys were pretty vocal on Twitter and via email and everything, and we love it. Thank you so much for getting in touch with us because we always love to hear your perspective. I
0: think it's interesting, though, how, like, I feel like most of the tweets and emails and stuff we got, they were all focused on Ruzik. Not saying that that's not something people should be reacting about, but it's just interesting how in this little bit of time that Ruzik got in this episode, like, that's what people chose to focus on rather than, like, all the reactions about Jay. Because I think the majority of our stuff was about Ruzik.
1: It was, yeah. Um, Yeah, actually, that's true. And uh, we have a couple DMs and emails as well. Bryna, can you take us through a couple of these?
0: Yeah. um, And I mean, there were so many, especially in the last little bit, that we didn't get time to put them in our outline. But one of them from Elizabeth, was she was talking about how you know she doesn't understand why Adam didn't go to Voight for help. Like, if anyone could help him, it would be Voight, which a lot of people seem to agree with. And like you said, that seemed to be kind of the theory that a lot of people are floating around in the fandom um this one from vicky that i really liked too it was like she's like i'm enjoying the fact that adam's sister is this wine drinking soccer mom and not this total hot mess i'm thinking maybe he moved in with her after he came back from his undercover assignment could explain why she went to him and not disco bob which we've learned is adam's father who is also a police officer and then she kind of went on to talk about like, she's always cur- been curious about where Adams lives since he com- came back from Undercover, as well as Jay. Which we talked everybody about. Everybody wants stuff. to know where everybody lives. Right. Like, the only person we actually know where they live is Kevin Atwater, because we've seen it recently. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I'm hoping that Boyd is still in his house. but We'd know. hope so, but Who knows?
1: Right, right. And so, you know, we got an email from Ellie and Ellie talked a lot about the Ruzik situation. And, uh, you know, she mentioned that, you know, um, she said, you know, it rubs her the wrong way that Ruzik chose not to spy on Voigt because of the family photo. But he had no problem selling Jay out and hanging him out to dry. And, you know, she said that this might be because he considers Jay an easier target. It's just the whole situation is pretty messed up and she said you know i'm sorry but that's just cowardish." and i agree if that's the case it's just a million questions as to why of all people why is he going after jay
0: yeah we also got another um twitter dm from rachel and i think one of the things and we talked about this but one of the things i think i thought was most interesting about what she said was you know she said to make matters worse like out of all the people who don't need crap added to their plate like jay is the one and you know she talks about how we've as we've said he's spiraling towards rock bottom and ruzik's actions kind of seem to be pointing towards like a hey buddy life's stabbing you in the back right now like turn around let me twist it further which i thought was funny in the terms of dm but not funny in terms of what ruzik's actually gone and done so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out
1: yeah and i mean that kind of wraps up you know the bulk of what we wanted to talk about but why don't you guys tell me some of your overall impressions of the episode? Were there any random notes you wanted to touch on or anything like that? Christina, why don't you go first? I <laughs> think
2: we talked about everything. I want. Like, you know, you guys know I'm just really into Jay's past. So I feel like we pretty much covered all of that. And that was my primary drive for the episode of what I was focusing on.
0: Yeah, I think despite all the questions I still have and, you know, I think – kind of like Christina, you know, I kind of wish we would learned more details about the things we already knew. But besides that, like, I still really like this episode and I like the storyline and I liked, you know, I like getting to see more of Jake. He is my favorite character. And, you know, yes, I don't like seeing him go through this downward spiral, but I do, I still remain cautiously optimistic that it's something we're going to see in the next couple episodes and that it's going to be an arc. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I did like this episode, despite it not being exactly what I thought it was going to be. I still liked it. Yeah, I agree.
2: Yeah, it's it was funny. a really, really
1: good episode. So yeah, and that...
0: Jesse always brings his A game.
1: So. He really yeah, does. Sure. He really does. Oh, Jesse. He's, right. And it was just so good.
0: Like, the amount of tweets I saw, and I don't even follow that many like Chicago PD fans, and I wasn't in the media, Somali's Molly's account at this point, I was just in my own account. But like the amount of tweets I saw about Jesse, like killing this episode, it was insane. And it's so true. And I think I tweeted something about like, you know, I know he's going to get 10 million tweets, but like it's rightfully deserves like he deserves it because it was so he he just kills it all the time. So,
1: yeah, and that is the end of today's episode. Um, Yeah, Christina, thank you so much for joining us. This was so much fun.
2: Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed talking all about the episode with you guys. Yeah,
1: thank you. We appreciate it. Definitely welcome back anytime. But yeah, so we are all over social media. Get in touch with us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are meet us at Molly's. Email us at meet us at Molly's at gmail We love when you email us. Please do. Uh we have a Tumblr page, Bryna. We've been working on that, right? Yeah,
0: I've been working on it to make it better. I'm finally I got like all of our current up episodes uploaded there, so you can find them there. I'm going to try to start reblogging things and, like, make it an actual Tumblr page, but you can find it at just meetusatmollys.tumblr.com. Cool. Christina, we might need you to teach us how to make gift sets.
2: Okay. I'd be happy to. Yes. Um, and I realized I just – I never said, um, but you can find that gift set thread. It's varietyofwords.tumblr.com. This is where gets a little tricky. It's back or forward slash tag forward slash and then it's T M M A J H P all short for tell me more about Jay Halstead's past.
1: It's so good. It's so good. Um, you can also find us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV, Brina. I'm at Bryna K13. Ashley. I'm at Ashnik 95 And Christina.
2: I am at Variety of Words.
1: Thank you guys so much for joining us today. There will be no new episode this week. We are going to take some time with our families and enjoy our holiday, but we will be back on Monday, November 27th.
0: Whatever that Monday is. Yes, the 27th. Yeah,
1: whatever the Monday is after Thanksgiving, we will be back to discuss the season three premiere of Chicago Med. And yeah, otherwise you guys have a good week. Have a happy Thanksgiving and we will see you then. Bye.